0: This is Walter Sadies Fedchuck welcoming you back to our coverage of our 2017 Spring Split European team by team preview. So far, we have covered Fnatic, we've covered G2 Esports, we've covered H2K Gaming, and I am joined by my good friend and co host, Chase Redshirt King Wastinar to continue on with our fourth team. And, Chase, I'm really excited for this team. How about you?
1: I'm excited to talk about them. I think that they're a very interesting team. There are some parallels I think we can draw to uh, what Splice did in 2016 that I thought were very interesting when I went back and looked over some of the film. I've got concerns, but I've also got things that I'm excited about. And yeah, there's just a lot of talk about uh, when it comes to a team that one could say does not quite fit in with the rest of the teams. Would you say that they are uh, misfitted? One could say, compared to the way the rest of these organizations. <laughs> they are misfitted.
0: I, I didn't know that was a word. But yes, uh, we are in fact talking about the only challenger team in Europe to make it through the relegation process and into the league championship series, Misfits. The former, former Renegades organization challenger team went off on their own, were purchased by Ben Spoot, who does things at Sci-Fi Network. And they are now their own organization. Were their own organization throughout the summer challenger process, and they beat uh, Epsilon, a fellow challenger team, to make it in. And they beat Millennium in the uh, challenger series summer playoffs. Both of those three 0s and then when they got into promotion, uh, they lost to a spunky Origin team at the time. Two, uh, three in that series, and then sort of rolled over a Schalke three to one. And they made a couple changes off of that Challenger Series roster. Elfari is still there in the top lane. The, uh, the Wonderkind in the AD carry position, Han Sama, is still there, along with his lane partner, Ignar. But they made changes in, in the middle here, in the mid lane and in the jungle, uh, one of which I'm excited for, one of which I'm uh, tepid on. They've replaced Korean jungler Wisdom with Korean jungler Kakao. And they've replaced Selfie with Power of Evil, the same mid laner who beat them in their first series of the promotional tournament. So Chase, when you look at this roster,
1: what do you think? Is this
0: a good team?
1: Is this a good solid LCS team or are there some
0: cracks here and there?
1: Well, I will say I appreciate Power of Evil subverting the norms by saying if you can beat them, join them anyway. (laughs) So that worked out, I guess, uh, from that interesting perspective. Honestly, I mean, this is a team I I felt like they needed to make some changes. Uh, Certainly when you're taking that Origin roster to five games, that's not a sign of uh, optimism, I would say, as far as uh, what your performance the next split is going to be. Obviously, Origin was particularly weak last split, so you you have to look at that and say Misfits needs to do more if they're going to be a mid-to-top-tier LCS team. And certainly... These are two guys that have names that can get people excited. You know, if you're trying to build a brand in the LCS, how better to do that than the guy who had the Unicorns of Love brand built around him just over a year ago, and a guy in Cacao who was a fan favorite, uh, very beloved for anyone who was watching back at season four uh, when he was on that KT Arrows roster, so... Certainly, uh, they did a lot as far as helping ease their transition in the league, as far as just getting a little bit more uh, veteran leadership under their belt and getting uh, some players that can really rally a fan base behind them. Whether that's going to translate into success on the Rift, I'm less certain, Uh, especially given where the meta is right now. I'm a little bit worried about how their strengths uh, are going to match up against... Uh, the rest of the teams in Europe, but certainly a very interesting roster and a, and a collection of moves that uh, are, are fun to kind of pick apart and see exactly how they fit into the overall plan.
0: Well, one of the non moves of the off-season was maintaining their 80 carry in Han Sama. And if you watch the Challenger series like I did, I'm a proponent of both regions Challenger series. Han Sama, to me, is a special kind of player that I have not been as excited for in Europe since the days that Reckless was playing on uh, on Copenhagen Wolves or whatever. The, yeah, Copenhagen Wolves in the Challenger Series before he turned 17 and could join uh, the NIP roster. So Chase, you also have him down as one of your most exciting players for this roster. What What about him... Gets you going. What about him makes you so excited to finally see him debut on the Rift?
1: Well, I mean, how many hard carrying AD carries do we have in Europe? You know, when you when you just look at it as a region, this has always been kind of something that's been pointed as a uh, as a thing of weakness within Europe compared to North America, where AD carries seem to be growing like you know apples on a tree. I, <laughs> you know, here it was, you know, you look at, you know, Sven was obviously a huge boost to that particular position. Steelback really panned out well. Uh, Reckless, depending on where your opinion of him is, uh, can or cannot be a world-class AD carry on peeps, AK- Yeah, I got you. But, uh, yeah, but at the end of the day, there are just so few players that really go out and try to dominate you. They want to kind of pick you apart, you know, win in the lane and snowball. And that's been... Han Sama, throughout the you know his career now, is a, a challenger player. You look at the Lucian games that he has, and he's just absolutely dominant on the champion. He posted the 27.0 KDA uh, in three games playing on it in the Challenger Series uh, in the regular season, and then managed to win three more times with it in the summer playoffs. And, you know, obviously the meta then shifted away from that, and it's gone more towards utility carries and... Neither his Siver nor his Ash were quite as dominant when called upon. But the guy does know when, when the meta is built around the bot lane, he can play at a great Lucian, he can play a great Caitlyn, he's an amazing Ezreal. The guy is incredibly mechanically gifted and he has no problem getting in people's faces and trying to make plays. And when you know w- when a bot lane meta is around, that's going to be something they have that very few teams do because there isn't any bot lane I'm looking at other than Sven and Mithy that's really built to deal with that level of aggression. Uh, There are plenty of guys that are fine with prolonged laning phases, but Hans will not wait for you to farm up and feel comfortable. That's not how they play that lane. Now the problem is where the meta is right now. (laughs) He's not able to have that same kind of impact. And we've seen him on utility AD carries and he's still good at his worst. He has been a very good AD carry uh, in the promotion series. His, his stats were, in, in my opinion, you know, pretty much exactly what you'd want from a guy like that. Uh, you know, 3.2 KDA, uh, one of the biggest, uh, highest kill participations on his team. Uh, one lane pretty consistently despite losing a series to Origin. These are things you want to see. I want to see him in a carry meta because if we get that, we get a team that's going to be a ton of fun to watch. And he is always someone yeah. who can overpower the weaker teams in the, in, in the league for sure. So, I am going to say something here that might get me crucified. That might be
0: sacrilegious coming from my mouth. Oh, I love sacrilege. Let's do it. I think you know where I'm about to go with this. He reminds me of Forgiven. Okay,
1: yeah, I his, see what you're his, saying.
0: His laning play style is that he plays to win lane. It, it double lift too. I think double lift and Forgiven do have similar playstyles like that. However, they do it in slightly different ways. But that is that type of carry. That type of AD player that Han Sama really is. He really wants to, to really control the laning phase. He wants to make you fight for every CS. He wants to set up the lane in ways that he can harass you while he's also farming. Very much like Forgiven and some of the upper tier uh, echelon AD carries in the world. I'm, I'm thinking Deft. I don't think Han Sama is anywhere near Deft. It's not what I'm saying, but that type of mindset, that type of play pattern, I think is very similar. And he has an AD carry that fits that to uh, support that fits that to a T in Ignar. Watching yeah. the two of them play, watching the two of them manipulate lanes, understanding that you know having this one you know bush control or having the ward in the next bush and setting up plays. Ignar works very very well with Hansama and allows him to be super successful. But another thing that led to that success was a, a focus from their former jungler in Wisdom. He really did like to focus that bot lane, understanding where the carry potential was, especially early on in the season. And then as the meta shifted, yeah, he shifted away too. Um, also thinking of uh, Llama Bear, the other jungler that they had. Again, very bot lane focused. And then as the meta shifted, they then started to shift into the top lane to Elfari and really focus on him. Kakao. Oh I boy. love some Kakao. Kakao is awesome. I'm glad that he's not in the dregs of the LSPL and we get to watch him again because I was one of those fanboys that just liked watching him play. And, you know, being a friend of Shorter Ace and a former, you know, manager coach of Shorter Ace, that was his favorite player. So you constantly were hearing, oh, Kakao did this. Oh, Kakao used to do this. Oh, I using Kakao's read pages. Like, I love the guy. When they won Summer, that was amazing. It was wonderful. Oh, one of the best series Kakao, of the greatest emote of all time. And I, I'm kind of disappointed It's sort of Disappeared, but big but he's not been very good in the last two years. No, As he? chased.
1: There are a lot of people that are like, man, I miss watching Cacao. I, you know, I hear that opinion all the time. You're far from the only one, and my only response has been, be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. And we're going to get Cacao in the LCS, and I hope people are excited about that because when you see him play, uh, you won't be. Uh, we, the, the stats from the LSPL are abysmal. Uh, First of all, you would imagine a player of Kakao's ability uh, from what we saw in in 2014. And even during his time in Invictus, he wasn't great in 2015 with Invictus. That uh, Skarner game will forever haunt my memories as someone who was rooting for that team in that tournament. But, you know, he goes to the LSPL and you would imagine like, oh, this is when he starts hard carrying. And in the spring, he went 10 and 18. They had to bench him in their relegation series. Not relegation as in promoting to the LPL. No, relegation is in not going to be an LSPL team anymore. Not even good enough for the Challenger League, which by the way, they lost that series, then had to buy back in. He goes back at it again, slightly better this time around. He has some good Olaf games, uh, a couple good uh, Hecarim games as well. Uh, so th- certainly his stats individually were better. I had something like a 473 KDA, but again, as an LSPL jungler, and they still went to relegation again. They still had to fight their way back for a job uh, because they couldn't figure out how to be good enough to even stay in the Chinese Challenger League. And I don't know about you, but... When it comes to a jungler, a guy who we've talked about on this podcast before has so much of an ability to determine the pace of a game, you know, what players are set up to to take advantage of these opportunities. You know, he had more of an opportunity than any other player on his team to make an impact and he just couldn't do it. And that is so incredibly worrying to me going forward. I th- there's nothing that I have looked at other than him sometimes playing against really bad teams and playing junglers whose job is just to gank, yeah, on that, he's looked okay. He's had some good games on those kinds of champions in that particular situation. But against good LSPL teams, teams know how to play against him. They've figured out his pathing is incredibly predictable. Uh, People have been able to just pin down where he's going to be, and good teams have taken advantage of that. And when Chinese challenger teams are taking advantage of it, I have to believe that European LCS teams have enough film to take advantage of it. And when he has to play anything that provides utility, you know, you talk about, well, why did Misfit succeed? Well, they had a jungler who understood that his goal was not to be the star player, but to make sure that Han Sama and Elfari and Selfie were set up to make the plays that they needed to make. And that's simply not the case with how Kakao has been playing. Kakao tends to hunt for his own kills. He does his best when he is ganking aggressively and trying to, you know, recreate that 2014 magic. And, you know, it just leaves me with this feeling of I don't think he does well in this particular meta. But even if the meta changes, I don't think he's a good fit for this team. And even if he somehow found a way to strategically match what they're looking for, which seems like it would require a very big attitude readjustment from him, then we still have the problem of the guy was barely doing well enough to beat out these challenger Chinese junglers. Now he's playing against the best that Europe has to offer. There's just so many red flags. I, I cannot... The store is literally out of red flags to sell when it comes to cacao. I, I don't... It's, it's impossible for me to get excited about the guy when so many things have gone wrong in the last calendar year.
0: See, see, I get excited just because of the name, just because of the historical impact. Sure. And this is the same same type of feeling that gets Peke elected to an All-Star game. <laughs> yeah, um, exa- it's I'm not exactly saying it's that. good. I'm not saying it's right. Um, obviously, Misfits saw something in the play style. Maybe he was sloughing off in, in China, you know, was partying too much with Imp, spending all his money on, you know, Thousand dollar designer shirts. I I don't know. I can't speculate there's any of that. Um, but Misfits must have seen something, yeah. and that is why. While I am concerned, I you know there hasn't been anything the past year in his competitive match history that makes me go, yeah, definitely. I want this guy on my team. Um, there is sort of a, a, a dearth of jungling talent or lack of consistency in the jungling talent behind the top two in Yonkos and Trick. And even they, at times during last year, did have some consistency problems. I'm thinking of Trick at the World Championship. I'm thinking of Yonkos prior to the World Championship. Um, so there is a chance that, you know, yeah, if you're looking at junglers and you're going, okay, well, I need my jungler to be good 75% of the time, there's a chance that, okay, sure, Kakao hits that bar 75% of the time. Like I said, That's pretty optimistic. In, that, I, that is, that's optimistic. There's nothing, statistically, there's nothing in his match history and his competitive history in the past year when he's been playing. I would even go back two years. I'd say yeah. even if his time on EIG was sort of... Hit or miss. We
1: all remember the Skarnar games in the 2015 World Championship, kind of going. And even before that, let's let's face it. It's not like that Invictus team was some powerhouse. They snuck in because they did well in regionals because the Juggernaut patch was weird and they adjusted better than some other teams to it. Like yeah. that. This was not an Invictus team where you're like, oh man, Kakao had such a great split, leading that team to victory. Mm-hmm. He didn't play particularly well. I, and look, I don't blame Misfits for signing him. You're a new organization in the European League. What's the best way to get people talking about your team outside of signing a high-profile Korean player that fans have missed watching? Like he's going to get all of the hype. The OGN Kakakel signs will be throughout the, you know, the stadium in Berlin. Uh, they're going to get a huge pop every time they introduce him and it's going to, you know, if he does well, the highlight videos on Reddit will be very successful. It's a great business move. I don't think it's a great roster move. That's where I land down on it. Well, and that's totally justifiable.
0: I don't think that's the worst roster move uh, Misfits has necessarily made. Okay. I've been very public in my dislike for this other roster move, which, hey, they only had two changes and we said both of them earlier, so uh, power of evil. Yes. Power of evil. Now, prior to recording this, we both were reminded of ourselves that, oh yeah, Misfits lost to Orien in their first round of the promotion series and went back and it looked like Okay, yeah, Power of Evil had a, some good games. He had some pretty good games in that series. He had yeah. a couple of good Cassiopeia games. He had a good Cindra game. Right, Those are his champions, right in his wheelhouse. Perfect. <laughs> those long-range, harassy, kind of poke champions. The Syndras, the Xeros, the, the Varuses, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not where the meta sits now. It's it, it's very very it, it's very staggered. It's like yeah, Syndra's still really good, P is pretty good, but then there's all these assassins. You got your LeBlancs, you have got your Katarinas that are totally tearing apart the the ladder, and I don't actually think we'll see professional play. But I'm just reminded of just an awful summer split for him, and the fact that in the spring playoffs, where yeah, Origin took second to G two, they had to bring in Peke multiple times because they couldn't trust. Power of Evil in clutch, you know, potentially split-ending series games. So you have him down as what determines the season here. And I, I agree with you here. I think more so than Cacao being good, which Power of Evil shows up determines which way that this goes. So what Power of Evil needs to show up for Misfits to actually have a, a rather successful season?
1: Well, if they're going to be successful, I I mean, I certainly you you pointed to some meta things and and poke long range kind of champions have been something he's done well with. His Varus has been historically very very good as well. The, the guy is to me one of the great examples of a potential change of scenery guy. That Origin team was a disaster last split. I mean, all the the bad publicity that was coming out, ex-Peke's mom mismanaging things, uh, a lack of shot calling, I mean, a lot of people point out the fact that Power of Evil was getting subbed out for XPK not because he was playing particularly poorly, because his stat lines during the games in which he was brought out were not bad. The problem was that there was no shot caller. And Power of Evil is not a shot caller. Uh, a lot of it's going to fall down on whether Ignar is a shot caller and can consistently remain a shot caller and whether they're going to be able to execute on those plays with Kakao. And again, how that fits in is going to be huge. But re- regardless of how it's going to work out, Power of Evil is going to be left to be the same kind of guy that he was in 2015, which is they have this entire team where they have a top laner in Alfari who's solid and consistent, but is probably not going to be carrying that many games for you. You've got a bot lane that's getting a lot of the attention. Uh, back then, it was because sang was such a great aggressive support. He would just set up those kind of plays. Um, and the mid lane just had to, to do its own thing. And in those situations, Power of Evil tended to do very well. He didn't do very well on assassins, but he did do pretty well on the kind of control mages that you would want to see. And it felt like he was being held back by his team. And I don't think I'd say anything different about what happened in Origin. And when he played against a team in Misfits that was as good as you could hope for to play in that particular tournament... The guy had an eighty-three point seven percent kill participation. The guy was the center of basically everything that happened for that team outside of hybrid. Um, you know, he's played well. Is it good enough? Is is what power of evil brings on a week to week basis good enough to be a primary carry on a team, to be the guy that they're depending on week in and week out, to be that consistency when Kakao's still getting used to the system and Han Sama maybe the meta isn't right, or you know, God forbid they fell behind in the bot lane once. What's, you know, does, can power of evil step up? That's what we have yet to see. And there's evidence that says that he underperformed last split. And for a lot of reasons Undersed that we could understand. The year. <laughs> under- <laughs> yeah, no, he underperformed. But did he underperform because he dropped off mechanically? Did he underperform because there was no shot calling involved? Did he underperform because there was a terrible practice environment? Did he underperform? I mean, there's so many things that went wrong. And, and the team never really set him up to succeed. It's not like Amazing was ever ganking for the guy. <laughs> you know, Amazing left him hung out to dry more often <sighs> than not. So I think there's a chance. I think that if you allow Kakao to set up Power of Evil, and again, this means Kakao has to move into a more supplementary role, which is not how he likes to play. But if you can pull that off and the bot lane is independent enough or draws enough attention away that Power of Evil can start to roam and take advantage of the champions that he does like to play, he can be a he can have a resurgent year. I think he can definitely make his way back into the upper tier of mid laners. The problem is that all the other mid laners he's playing against this split seem to have done so way more consistently, more recently than him. And it's going to require a leap forward that. I don't see any evidence is is coming along the way. When we've seen a player for four splits now, you pretty much know who he is. And I don't see his champion pool drastically changing, and that will continue to be a problem. And I don't see him suddenly turning into this hard-carry style player. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. And so when both of those things are out, what's left? Is is being a mid-tier mid mid laner enough? And can he be that every week? We're going to have to find out. But it's certainly... I think there's potential for things to be better than they were, but they're never going to be as good as people who saw Power of Evil in 2015 thought they were going to be. I think that's clear by this point. Potentially. Potentially. What is your prediction for this team? I think they're on the outside looking in when the playoffs roll around. I, I don't think they're there yet. I think that this is a team... When you're struggling to beat Origin in five games, despite yeah. the fact that it's Han Sama versus X-Peke in the AD carry position, I, I have huge concerns. I don't think Alfari is good enough to carry against most of the top laners he's going to be going uh, up against. Them. I would take... You're sure. I would I'm, take, I'm sorry. You're, you're, I take... You're, sig- who, okay, you're, let's, let's... Real quick, rapid let's fire. Let's yeah. play the name game. Let's play the name game. Soaz. Soaz. I take Soaz over him. Expect. I take Alfari.
0: Laxish.
1: I take Alfari. Oduwamne. Oduwamne. Satorius. Uh Probably Alfari, but I think it's closer than people think. Wonder. Uh, Wonder every time. Uh, Cabochard, Cabochard every time. Visit, Chatsy, visit Chachi every time. He's not going to be a top tier top laner. That's not, it, it's not to me particularly I close. Think,
0: I think he's going to hold his own among the top laners more than you think.
1: Yeah, it'll be fine, but he's not what's going to win them the game. And what will be what wins them the game? And I don't see the win condition right now. The bot lane alone I'm doesn't soft. do it. It wasn't enough back when they were playing against Origin when Origin had a terrible bot lane. So if the bot lane alone can't do it, what will? I don't have enough faith in those other three guys that are going to be the core of your solo lanes. I I don't see them pulling it off. I don't think Kakao's that guy. I don't think Power of Evil is going to make the leap, even though I think it's in play. And I don't think Alfari's good enough. I'll put it that way. So I think they're a 7 or an 8 seed. I think they're safe from relegation, but I don't think they're a playoff team yet. I think they need more time and experience.
0: I, I agree that they're going to struggle early on, but this is Europe. There's going to be a fight among probably 4 or 5 teams for 3 spots mm-hmm. uh, in, in, the, in the playoffs. And I think the Misfits is one of those 3 teams that do end up getting in there. Because we don't know how meta shifts are going to go, but Ignar and Sama are just an incredible bot lane. Yeah. And while I don't think that, like, a best-of-five series necessarily plays their strengths right now, I do think that, you know, in the best-of-three, there are chances where Sama can carry multiple games. I am much higher on Alfaria than you are. I agree that, like, when you go number night by number, the only reason you're putting Soaz on top of him is because, historically, Soaz has such an incredible variance of who can show up. But there's a chance that... The tw- sure. two times they play him, Soaz just goes total mental Soaz, and Alfari has a good time. I think talent-wise, he matches where Wonder was in the spring split for Sprice, and he was their best player on that... Ro- on that t- At that sure. time, he was the best player on that
1: team. I just think top laners in general have gotten better in Europe. I think that Wonder is much better than he was back then. I think well, Kalbashar, Vizicachi, I Oduwamne, like I, I just think it takes time. How about, how about I start think rookies in general, I think we underestimate how long it takes for them to heat up. And again... Is Cacao going to be the guy that puts Alfari in a place to succeed? Is Power of Evil going to be drawing enough attention away that Alfari is going to be put as, the, as that guy? That's where I just disagree with you. But in, in we'll have to agree weeks, to disagree. When we're
0: at week six, I want to come back to this discussion oh, because I think, you're, I think you're criminally underrating Alfari.
1: Criminally underrating him. I, I don't think he's bad. I just don't think he's a hard carry player. That's, that's where I will disagree.
0: I'm not but, saying I, he's a hard character. Go talk.
1: But, look, let me know. I'm at Redshirt King weeks on Twitter. From now. Yeah, look, <laughs> it's not eight weeks from now. We'll, so we'll we'll see. I'm at Redshirt King. Let me know if you think I'm too harsh on Alfari, or whether you think that Cacao uh, is is secretly just biding his time, pretending to be bad in the LSPL for a whole oh, year. Don't, don't invite that um, hatred on. Please co- come at me. I love it. <laughs> You're, it, it only makes me stronger. Uh, but genuinely, I love talking to you guys. Let me know what you guys think of this episode. Uh, please, by all means. Um, I think Misfits is an interesting team, and uh, it's nice to see that people are coming down on both sides of it. So, uh, I, I I agree. Misfits is 100
0: percent a very interesting team. I think that there are definitely some pieces here that are going to determine which way their series go, uh, season goes mm-hmm. and where they end up. And uh, that's been Misfits. Thank you guys so much for for hanging out with us, for uh, listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter at uh, Rough Draft Pod. You can follow myself at C80s underscore LOL and tell me why I'm correct, that Alfari is going to be the next great thing in Europe. Uh, But that is our fourth European team so far. As we said at the beginning, we've done Fnatic, we've done H2K, we've done G2. Now we've done Misfits. We've done four teams over in North America as well. You can go ahead and just hit next to get that very next one. We did Team Envious today, a team that I'm I'm not envious of in (laughs) in any regard. But then come back tomorrow, where we're going to hit you up with another North American team and another European team (laughs) that, if you're from Rochester like myself, you definitely have to root for these guys. A hometown organization from Rochester that's playing in Berlin. Goodbye, Internet. Hey there, Sadie's here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod, Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.